Good morning. It's April 11, and welcome to Doing Life, Daily Devotions for Finding Peace in Stressful Times. This is the audible companion of the book of the same name. Today's topic is Hopeless. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Luke twenty-two forty-two. Last week, one of my patients showed me a virtual map on her iPhone that updated moment to moment. Unfortunately, it wasn't a weather map, or even one of those maps that shows you real-time earthquake activity. It was, of course, a map of new COVID-19 cases, represented as expanding red dots. Another showed the death toll with little expanding black circles. She said, how can anyone be happy in a situation like this? It seems like no matter what we do, it keeps spreading, and even when it slows, it bounces right back. We had a discussion then about joy versus happiness and the nature of hope. You're probably thinking, well, that's just amazing at a gynecology visit. But don't be too amazed. It helped that I had four patients scheduled all day, since our office wasn't seeing routine anything in the spring of 2020. It gave us a while to talk. I told her laughingly we could take an hour to discuss her rash, if she would like. Happiness is an emotion that is more transient and related to circumstance, just like sorrow. Joy, at least for the Christian, might better be translated contentment no matter what the circumstances. Now, don't get me wrong. I think there's a place for cheerfulness and especially humor, even in the face of a pandemic. See Devotional's Laughter, January 26th, Just Keep Swimming, March 14th, and Make Them Laugh, March 25th. But the Apostle James uses joy with a meaning that really counts for us. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James 1, 2-4 Now, is James just a lunatic? No one's happy that they're going through all kinds of tough times. But we can be joyful, and James tells us why. We benefit from going through difficult circumstances while trusting in God completely. We can rest assured that in his providence and sovereignty, it will all be okay. As the signs going up in many of our cities say, our joy comes from exactly that, resting assured in the final outcome. That is what can leave the Christian content or joyful, no matter what the apparent desperation of the circumstance. Hopelessness means that there is no way out. Whatever horror, whether war, pestilence, or natural disaster, Fearing you cannot be saved in that situation renders you hopeless. Jesus' followers were both unimaginably sad, scared, and feeling hopeless on that Saturday after the crucifixion. They had the Lord's words, but they didn't understand. We've talked about fear before. Fear is really the emotion attached to something that hasn't happened yet. On that Saturday, they feared they'd lost him forever. They feared that all the good he had done in just three years would now amount to nothing. They feared that they'd been wrong, that Jesus was a good man, a good teacher, 
but not the Messiah after all. The difference for Christians is that we already know the end of the story. We have the resurrection in the rearview mirror, and that changes everything. Christ told us not to fear the one who can kill our bodies, but only the one who can capture our souls. If we've accepted Christ already as our Lord and Savior, the devil has no real power over us. If we can't be torn away from Christ, then we're already victorious over death. In other words, it just isn't possible for the Christian to be truly hopeless. It is possible for us to be very sad. The disciples were very sad and afraid. They undoubtedly prayed in their anguish. The resurrection hadn't happened yet for them. It is also normal for us to pray for an alternative to our current circumstance, just as Christ did himself in the garden. He was fully human as well as fully God. He didn't want to die right then any more than we do. When Christ feared death and begged for an alternative, how did God respond? He sent an angel to strengthen even our Savior. Well, how does he do that for us? He did it with the gift of the Helper, whom Christ promised would come to indwell us after his resurrection. We have only to look inward when we are afraid or starting to feel hopeless, and the Holy Spirit will direct us to the truth, which is that we actually have nothing to fear. Then we will remember that we are in it to win it, and in Christ we've already won. Father God, you gave us this life and it is precious to all of us, so it's natural that we would cling to life desperately. When we fear for our lives, there is a tendency to let hopelessness and utter despair creep in. And yet, you have already given us the gift of eternal life in Christ. There is a reason that martyrs for centuries have often marched to their deaths, singing, or at least silent. The hope that gives us that contentment, that joy, even during every type of trial, cuts through the momentary panic and fear and lifts us to remember the one certainty. As that old janitor in Denver taught us earlier in the year, in the final analysis, Jesus going to win. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow. Knows how it's killing you, but there's a kind of love that God only knows. God only knows.